Greetings and welcome to the Spooky Scouts. If you found us, you show an interest in questioning the suspicious, investigating the intriguing, and attempting to distinguish fact from fiction. Each meeting, we will evaluate a topic of choice and find stories, evidence, and history to discuss and debate. Join us in earning some merit badges, Spooky Scouts, if you survive. <laughs> Spooky How Scouts. How are you doing? Spooky on a Scouts. On a, on a Monday. We stream whenever we want now. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. We're not beholden to Saturdays. No, no we're not. Um, we're free. We're free from the confines. <laughs> yeah. uh, I hope all of you. I hope all of you uh, didn't get exploded yesterday, or abducted by aliens, or just burst into flames, which is apparently a thing that can just happen. Yep. Now it. <laughs> That's the so. thing that we've learned that can happen, but do we believe it? That's what I, I want to figure out tonight. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Schnauzer, 89, thank you for subscribing. And everyone I saw earlier, hold on, while our thing was running, the uh, font is wrong, bottom. Sunshine Banjo's a blue clock, thank you for subscribing. And DM rolled, uh, 517, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful Monday afternoon. Um, I didn't see any fireworks last night because I was, I was just watching Independence Day. That's same here. I wa I was watching Independence Day too, an annual tradition. Yes. For for yeah. the Fourth of July, the only tradition that matters. I I also I was just holed up with the animals because it's kind of a mess when this happens. Oh yeah. Well, and yeah, and especially like even the chickens didn't like it. The chickens were like. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah. So. <sighs> but yes. Well, welcome. I hope everyone uh, is doing all right. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh it's boy. <laughs> This, oh. <laughs> I don't know, this, the book that we read for this, today's Spooky Scout Book Club is a, a blaze. I took the jacket off mine because I thought it was funnier. Oh, <laughs> it's, just, it's blue? Yeah, it's like blue, which I'm like, that's not a very fire color, but whatever. A blaze. Um, it was a, uh, a slog to read. It's yeah. very long. It's very long. Um, lots of really weird takes in it yeah <laughs> like lots of real weird takes um like near the end it gets really like shamey about like like diet and exercise and i'm like what what <laughs> like what that like that being like and like your chakras it starts talking about chakras and, like, oh i Reiki. saw that i saw that section oh yeah so we're gonna ignore that part because that's that's a bad take so also it, it's also very like ableist it's like oh if you we're just going to start with the bad stuff, then we'll move into the, the good stuff in a second. The good stuff. Um, yeah, the, the like, the actual, like, research. Because there is actual research in it. But, yeah, it's like, oh, people who are old and can't walk just explode because they don't, like, want to live. <laughs> I was like... <sighs> yeah, it's... it's All weird. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, ugh, God. Okay, we yeah. do not submit. We're going to go ahead and mark out that theory. Yeah. That's done. Yeah, That's well, that viable. was that was the author. What's his name? Arnold. Larry E. Arnold. Larry E. Arnold, who also wrote the Reiki Handbook, if you check that out. And the Parapsychological Impact of the Accident of Three Mile Island. Okay. <laughs> also, so I don't know what that's about. He looks very, like, 1970s. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's old. It's yeah. I'm like, ugh. 
Uh, oh, that's him. Yeah, I threw away my dust jacket because I was like, I'm done with this. I typically also throw away dust jackets because yeah. I'm like, I take them off and then I lose them. But I just liked how ridiculous this cover was. It is. No, it is. A blaze. A blaze. Yeah. Oh, he does. He's got a, he does have a fancy mullet, this guy. Yeah. For those he's, in the I podcast. Mean, he looks, he looks a little bit mixed with like, like, um, oh, who is that character? Like Ron Burgundy. Is that his name? Oh my God. Like a little bit like that. With like a little bit more of a mullet. And little bit little little bit Ron Burgundy, little bit science dad, little bit yeah. Bill Nye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. But and there are dad jokes in this book. Like I didn't keep track of them, but there are. Like there are like really, really dumb like comparisons and colloquialisms that make it like also hard to read. <laughs> Yes, I, I feel like, sorry for picking this one out, but we, we were just like, wow, spontaneous well, human combustion, when are we ever going to talk about that? That's different. And then I was I, like, oh no. Yeah, I mean, and, and I it, it wasn't that expensive. And it, it was, uh, it's honestly, again, has a lot of really good research in it. Things that I didn't know about. Like, so like, it's, I don't know, it's got, it's actually, I always thought that human combustion was not a real thing. Turns out though it is. Turns out it actually is real. And in 2011, in Ireland, a man was first officially dubbed, like diagnosed that his death was caused by he, but doctors did this. I'll link the article in the chat that he actually died of spontaneous combustion. It's a real thing. Like, I think no one really knows what causes it. Like, no one knows. I mean, we, we don't worry. We got a lot of theories for you. Some real bad. Some, <laughs> some real bad. But some good. Um, and because no one really knows what causes it because it's what happens, like the technicalities of it um, is it's a, oh, I wrote it down. It's a like moisture destroying fire more or less. So it's almost like when I think it's hydrogen or like, or no, um, sodium something some there's some kind of um chemical and i'm i'm so sorry i can't remember the name i got a c in chemistry (laughs) i didn't write down any chemicals so you're being better than i am okay um there's one of those chemicals that catches on fire and water um it has to do with hydrogen if like if the hydrogen atoms like move just a little bit and are somehow separated water like explodes like water evaporates completely so like it's almost like what would happen if your hydrogen atoms literally just like gave up and they turn, they just turn into fire. Sodium. That's it. Sodium. Yeah. It's like that. Like it happens so quickly. So I think like, like chemically, chemically they say it's like, it has to do something with the hydrogen atoms coming apart and causing like just fire, like some sort mm-hmm. of like atomic failure, I guess. And that's, that's sort of like what I got from this. That sounds like feasible. I don't like it. I don't like like that either. I I missed that theory. So that's really interesting. Like that's a purely scientific, like I got, I, I touched on a couple of like the, the silly correlations he was picking up on and some of the silly, like paranormal theories that I prefer, but right. That's interesting. And I don't, I also dislike that. Yeah. So like, here's something about one, one explode, one person that exploded. Um, and he met with a, a, a fireman who, and a paramedic who's seen things like that before. And so this person that exploded had sutures in their skull, I guess. Mm-hmm. So they said if they had been on, an, in fire, on fire and burned with a normal fire, that their skull would have ruptured. Uh, but that didn't happen. 
So what they did is they found a human body who who was largely evaporated in a moisture dehydrating fire with heat so minimal in the cranium sutures that they didn't break up. So, but they should have if it was they like should have if, if it, it was, was a proper. regular fire. Like, and if you think about it, and this is super gross, this is going to be a gross episode. I apologize. There are, there's, we have actual pictures of this. So anyone that needs to duck out, I will do a content warning because it's nasty. I mean, they're dead bodies, but there's nothing left. So it's just legs. It's just like, that's a telltale sign of human combustion is just their legs are left. So I will, I will... Uh, I mean, there's nothing there. Like, Tauros, there's, it's, there's no, it's just, it looks just like a cracker. Like a crunchy, yeah. it looks like a, a crunchy, uh, like, mess. No, we won't get, it's okay. It's not like, it's not like a snuff picture. It's like, literally no. just like. Just legs. Yeah. It's just a, yeah. So it's, it'll be fine, because he can't even see it. But I think it's fascinating to look at that it exists. Yeah, um, I, I was shocked, because, like, you hear the descriptions in the book, and you're just like, Yes, someone's legs were left and part of their skull. And then you're like, oh, wait, people can take photographs and it's so gross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this fireman that he was talking about said he was having breakfast with them. And he said the case still bothered me. He, and he took pride He took pride in solving fires. And he said, I just don't know, the marshal lamented. We were never involved in a situation like that before. The puzzle was so bizarre and so confusing. I'd like to come up with something concrete so I can put this away forever. But, like, he couldn't. He said that spontaneous human combustion was the only thing that could be what it is. And then he was like, people could be exploding anywhere. <laughs> something here, like... As we speak, they <laughs> yeah, could just go, be going speak. up in flames. Yeah. Um, oh, and before Kayla starts on hers, which are way more exciting and interesting, the other, did you, the other one is the wick theory, which is that the human body has a lot of fat in it. And so if a, if somehow, I guess like if that sort of like alcohol theory, so your body produces alcohol and it explodes or expands Mm -hmm. that the fat in your body catches on fire and literally acts like a candle, like a, a candle and you just burn that's awful and that's like that's the most like scientifically accepted thing so Hmm. yeah um and i I will also link this article again this one's a little bit graphic because the poor baby got burned but this is the article about the baby that experienced spontaneous combustion in india um they just like found the baby and it was in their in the crib and the baby was just on fire like yeah and they're just like okay yeah so and I think it said um, in that article, like, this has happened on other occasions. And I was like, pardon? Your baby is caught yeah. on fire more than once? Yeah. yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's oh weird. My God. And I, yeah. And there's also a lot of historical things that we'll go into in just a bit. But I want Kayla to touch on hers first because I didn't really go into the UFO connection. So. My God. The UFO thing. Okay. Spoiler alert. That's what I believe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> spoilers. Aliens did it. Um, But I basically, the one thing I wanted to say before I go back to kind of like the first big case he talks about was there is a whole section in this book that talks about the science, like, because you mentioned about the chemical and scientific explanation. Um, There's that whole section where he's like, people actually don't fully understand fire and like how it works even today. God damn it. It's like the moon. We don't know how the moon was made. We don't know anything. Yeah. Where he was, it just says like, there was um 
an arson investigator who was talking about uh, spontaneous human combustion death. And he said, we do not know that was that it was a fire because aspects of the widow's death truly spoke against the behavior of fire as it was under- understood in 1951 and as it is understood by most people today. And he said he defines the scientific definition of fire, which is science defines it as rapid self-sustaining oxidation accompanied by the evolution of heat and light. In most cases, that means a simple thing has to take place. Oxygen from the air must combine with some material that can burn. This reaction produces heat. Rusting of metal is a very slow combustion. More rapid reaction can yield intense glow and open flame combustion. Very fast reaction generates explosive combustion. And then he says class A fires are combustion that produces ashes that can be extinguished with water. Class A combustion byproducts are flame, heat, smoke, and fire gases such as carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide. So that, and then he says, one sh- before criticizing spontaneous human combustion, one should have a basic understanding of the subject. So when SHC, which is spontaneous human combustion, yeah. just, he, he uses it's that long. a lot. Yeah. It's long to type. I get it. Um, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, so when SHC debunkers categorically say people cannot spontaneously combust, it is incumbent on them to first prove that they know more about fire than do laboratory scientists who specialize in studying fire's behavior. Uh, experts such as Professor Paul Garn, PhD in chemistry, who said when appointed to direct the University of Akron's new Center for Fire and Hazardous Materials Research in 1984, he is quoted as saying, there is so much that we don't know about fire. Um, so he talks about metabolism and different things like that. But I just thought that was interesting that basically he's like, yes, this is one, you know, all of these things are types of combustion, but we don't fully understand or can't fully define different thing, different ways things can combust, I guess is basically what he's getting at in a okay. very sassy, shitty way where he's just like, uh, you, <laughs> you people questioning this are saying you're smarter than us scientists. And I was like, okay, please calm down, dude. Like, uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I caught on that. I caught on to that sass. Yeah. I caught on. I caught on to that. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was interesting. I don't know. I am not big science brained enough to like fully grasp what he's saying, but I, I do understand like there are different forms of combustion that, you know, we have defined and there are different categories of it and like yeah. what it produces and what chemicals go into it. So honestly, like, sure. And yeah, like, <laughs> like Domino said in the chat, where's your science degree? <laughs> yeah. Show yeah, me your science are, degree. What are you, this guy, this guy probably like owns a mattress store. Like I can't. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't oh. see any PhD after his name. So <laughs> I don't know, dude, but you yeah. know, it's interesting. He has a PhD in, and uh, I don't know. I can't even make a joke about it. It's so dumb. <laughs> um, and sass being so sassy. Oh my gosh! Did you read the whole book? Because like I mean, we, I, I, didn't. I, I yeah yeah. I I probably read like like a fourth of it. Me too. And then yeah. I skimmed the rest. I jumped and I was around. Like, oh, oh. It's hard. It's yeah, know, yeah. It's it's hard. Hopefully the next one will be better. But yeah, I'm excited for the next one. We I will know. announce it at the end. I think I have it. Yeah, but like it is. It's an interest. I will say as it goes, there's some interesting research in it, mm-hmm. and it's it's a fun one to have on the shelf. It's a good yeah. conversation starter. <laughs> Nothing like having friends over and seeing a blaze on the on the shelf. You know. 
I think that the problem was he should have gotten a better editor who was like, no, 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 no. Let's cut this down. Let's, yeah. let's decrease this a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, so tell us about the, tell us about the aliens. Oh, you want to jump to the aliens? Okay. Yeah. I want to, I want to jump to the aliens because I, I didn't really go into that. I read his like weird, just like off the rails stuff about how, oh my God, there was one part where he said it was maybe caused by like planets in retrograde. Oh, stop. Like, <laughs> uh, so like Mercury's in retrograde. Oh no, stop. I exploded. I'm exploded. I, I didn't read that. It's so stupid. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It no, it's not stupid. Like, sorry. It was next to the stuff about the heart chakra. Look, it's fine. It's, it's fine. stupid in the context of of spontaneous human combustion being caused by Mercury being in retrograde. <sighs> okay. The the correlation, there's no correlation there. There's nothing. There's, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of reaching for correlation and causation in this book. But, you know, yes. it's fun. We're having, you know, we'll have fun supposing. Yes. But we all know, we all know, deep down inside when it comes down to it, that it was aliens the whole time. Yes. It's, it's always, always aliens. aliens. Um, so let me, let me just read. I've highlighted some passages in this section. It's in chapter 17, if you have the book. But he starts this chapter by saying, by dating it, December 4th, 1988, 5.20 a.m., Southbound on a side street, police officer A.P. Jones prepared to turn right onto U.S. Route 22, six miles east of Pennsylvania's capital. Suddenly, a burst of blue-white light so bright I couldn't see the stop sign enveloped his car. Unable to proceed, he instinctively tugged his service cap snugly over his forehead and stepped from his car into the blazing light and into the unknown. Officer Jones had just entered the combustible zone. Uh-oh! Oh! <laughs> um... So he describes, basically, the officer in this scenario went on to describe generic UFO, classic, seeing it move a little bit and then disappear. But he was basically caught in a beam, a tractor beam, it sounds like. So during the next 24 hours, Jones developed nausea, severely irritated eyes, and an inability to focus his vision and burns. His hands, ears, eyes, and face were not shielded by his cap's visor, plus a V-shaped pattern on his neck and chest were exposed by his unbuttoned shirt. Looked like going to the Bahamas, quipped Jones, noting that this was early winter in Pennsylvania. My face felt really hot, like a 104 degree temperature. So, and, and when he went to the doctor, they said it just looked like he had been underneath a sun lamp for too long. So basically huh. he just got like a really nasty sunburn from it. And then it eventually went away, just like a sunburn. But this is not the only example of it. Um, Larry goes on to list like 20 other examples, because this is how he writes this book, of like encounters with aliens that result in burns on the body or some kind of yeah. fire. That happens a lot, though. Like, I've read mm -hmm. a bunch of things about people's encounters with alien ships that burn them. Yep. Yep. And, uh... I highlighted one that I liked, which was April 1993, Marianne Leith of Hyde Park, New York, wrote to describe a series of strange encounters in her life, traumatic sightings of UFOs, electrical surges mm. through her entire body, spontaneous scars over half of her body, an inability to, quote unquote, make electricity go wacky as I go near it. What? Scary and confusing, she said. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. There was one more oddity. I get burns all over my body. So I, I think that one's interesting because of the inclusion of electricity. Yeah. So 
basically it just keeps going on to talk more and more about burns. Um, sometimes they were radiation burns, which we have heard before about aliens and radiation in the soil uh, when we looked into crop circles and things like that. So it seems like it's probably related to radiation, but huh. I find that interesting because wouldn't it be just the way that when these people are getting investigated by UFOs or probed or whatever, <laughs> you know, it ends yeah. up like doing some sort of like radiation burns or maybe something's done to you where later you do just com combust because of maybe an implant or something in your body. That's where my brain went. I was like, this yeah. seems viable. So I don't, oh my God, I don't know. It's just like a, it's like a kill switch. They're like, whoa, -oh, don't need you anymore. And they yeah. just explode. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. that would make sense. Um, or it could be something malfunctioning, but it seems to be, because you don't hear about this in every abduction case or UFO interaction no. case, but you, like you said, you've heard it before too, where people get the burns. Oh, tons. It's tons. So it seems like maybe it's like, you know, they didn't do such a good job. I mean, everybody has an off day and <laughs> when they're abducting people, I don't know. I skipped ahead a little bit in the chapter and I highlighted a few more sections. This one... Who, who is this quoted to you? Uh, former Los Angeles Fire Department deputy Charles W. Bame was quoted. I think this is a quote. It's it's an inset paragraph. Let's see. Oh, yeah. For the for four decades thereafter, Bame studied the subject of UFOs as he advanced through the U.S. Naval Reserve, retiring with the rank of captain. So in the Navy uh, and the fire services, he reached a conclusion startling for someone of his professional background and his conclusion was, UFOs may not only have the power to control some of our military and industrial establishments' highly technical scientific hardware, they may also possess the ability to impose pain and control over people who attack them, even to the extent of liquidating them in one way or another. This basically, this section was just about a fire, a former firefighter who joined the Navy Find, finding some of these examples, looking further into them, and concluding that aliens have technology or can control our technology and can light us on fire or liquidate us. So, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't know if they can do that or not. Maybe they can. I think they can. Yeah. He got any proof for that? Got any proof? Where's your science degree? <laughs> Doesn't matter if you're in the Navy. Where's your degree? Where's your science degree, sir? Do you think you're better than a scientist? That's what I'd like to know. Yeah. We need to make a sticker that says that. <laughs> Where's Where your, science your science degree? degree? You can't comment on this until you have one. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was Nuggy. Nuggy was making pigeon noises. Oh, sorry, y'all. He... No. We love and respect... We love and respect pigeon noises in this house. Yeah, he's going off. Yeah. Also, I found the pages for the quantum physics stuff about, like, the atoms falling yes. apart and exploding. It's, like, on page, like, 105. There's a whole chapter on it. Oh, sorry. The beginning of the chapter is 92. And it just talks, I mean, it just talks about how it could be caused by, like, quantum physics that we don't understand. And, like, the, like, some sort of undiscovered proton from the Big Bang that, like, can cause extreme energy to appear out of nowhere. And I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't sound like I have a science degree enough to understand that. So. That's, yeah, I'm not smart enough for that, Larry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not following you. Go back to the aliens. But that's what I think it is. I think it's something involving, like, quantum, quantum physics. I think it's something involving, like, something 
going wrong, maybe, and just, like, exploding people. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that sounds, I don't know. It sounds, sounds like. Makes sense. I don't have a science degree, but it makes sense to me. Listen, if Marvel can do it, so can I. Oh my God. <laughs> if it works for their storytelling. Yeah. If Marvel can tell me it's quantum physics, so can I. Yeah. Oh, man. So <laughs> I think that <clears throat> I th- he has a section that I highlighted where he just talks about UFOs, which was very weird. Um, and he was kind of shitty about it, which I, I don't <laughs> think I think at the end of the day, I don't think I like Larry very much as a narrator because he talks about people getting blown up by UFOs. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that has something to do with it. And then he, he says un- he uses the term unfathomable flaming objects. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I hate that. I have, there's a story that I marked in here about that, if, if you want to hear it. Yes, please. And I marked it because it happened here in Bremerton, which is where a friend of mine used to live. Stop. Which is right across the water on one of the islands. Yeah. Yeah. And he called it like heaven's fire. Oh, geez. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, it says, okay, I'm going to read this. You can all get a taste of this person's uh, writing. Oh, boy. (laughs) Consider Robert Burt, an electronic mechanic at the Puget Sound Navy Yard. Uh, On November 6th, 1951, he encountered the legendary wrath of the Tuatha, I guess that's the light of heaven, uh, while standing before a mirror in his room at the YMCA in Bremerton, Washington. In the mirror, he saw the reflection of a red-orange fireball rush towards him through the open window. A blinding flash and a loud concussion knocked Birch to the floor. Searing pain zapped up his right arm. His roommate rushed in to discover the aftermath of this fire from heaven. A window still burned black and too hot to touch. Luggage beneath the window charred and smoking. Two radios burnt. A wastebasket in the corner with its contents aflame. His spontaneously burnt roommate lying on the floor. As he frantically extinguished the fire, a Bremerton policeman who had witnessed the fi- this fire from heaven swooped through Birch's window, ran in and confirmed the entire incident. I don't know what happened, said Birch the next day as he was being treated at the Bremerton Hospital for shock and second degree burns, but it sure was peculiar. <laughs> what? Yeah. So that one is just, okay, what do you think that sounds like? I don't know. That sounds, I mean, that sounds like, that sounds like aliens. It's interesting. That sounds like one of those, like, ships or, like, those, like, orbs of light that people see Mm -hmm. in the sky that just decided, I guess, to check shit out and then was like, whoops, you're on fire. (laughs) It's, it's interesting because it's, like, worded because of the, the, like, fires of heaven or whatever, like, yeah. Uh, my my second favorite theory in this book is the divine one. So it makes me think of that. Did you did you look into that section at all? Like the where G- <laughs> Jesus is to blame? No, I didn't get I didn't get to the Jesus section. Okay, because that's that's what that makes me think of. I still think it's aliens, but that yeah. is that is an interesting yeah, like a sacred flame, Jesus, a burning bush. That was a thing. Where the bush yeah. <laughs> is just on fire, right? Yeah. We're yeah. pulling some threads together here. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Do you want to jump? I, I, I'm kind of diving into that section because I I immediately thought of that. Um, Do you want me to read you from some stuff from that section? Yeah, let's let's hear it. Okay. There was an interesting passage that I highlighted in the, the divine, divine visitation one, which was, 
the the priest it was in 1776 the priest Gio Maria Bertoli entered his cell in Fivizzano, Italy to read his prayer book before retiring. A few minutes later, screams and flames interrupted the monastery's solitude. Both came from the priest. The surgeon rushed in and found Bertoli sprawled on the floor surrounded by a self-limiting flame, which receded when when he was approached until finally vanishing. So he said that he felt like a sharp blow had struck his right hand and a pale bluish flame attacked his shirt which was immediately oh. reduced to ashes. His Ew. sackcloth garment beneath uh, was said to not be affected. Although not a hair on his head was burnt, his cap was entirely consumed. And he hmm. insisted there was no fire in that room until that moment. His skin detached from his the flesh and hung Ugh. from his body in shreds, like Ugh. the nails of his left... And, and the nails of his left hand separated from his fingertips. He stoically lived for four agonizing days... Complaining of burning thirst. Um, so and then he died. <laughs> so, like Wow. Sorry to jump into that, but you were like heaven and and sacred yeah, thing, and I was like, That's wild. Dude, this is my other favorite theory where, you know, Jesus lit him on fire or whatever. Yeah, right. So that's I also so weird. I feel like that's also aliens, but like, isn't that interesting? And yes, I agree, Cognoggin, that sounds like radiation. Yeah. Which would also make sense for aliens. But it does. So, I mean, that reminds me of the medieval one that I found. Yes, tell me about the medieval one. We're jumping around. <laughs> We're like, these I are know, our I'm favorite sorry. one. No, I love this. I love this. And sorry, I tried to get a sippy of water and then an, I ate an ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Got to cool, cool off. I know, it's warm. So this is, a, this is a, apparently a medieval instance of this happening. which And it sounds exactly like it because... Someone, like, almost every time their feet are still there. Ugh. And the same thing happened here. It says, um, and it's, it's just so weird. Uh, according to Professor Albert Kronz, Historia Ecclesiastia de Saxonia, Ooh. 1482, the army of Godfrey of Bouillon in AD 1099 confronted at Nirvana, now Nirvanae in central Nirvanae in central France, uh, an unassailable enemy. They found a. They had a strange disease made its appearance, where men burnt, being touched with an invisible fire that pierced into the very bowels and vitals. By occasion of which the hands of some and the feet of others fell off. Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah, but it said it was a disease. Oh, like that's so weird. And then Marcello Donatus asserted that a similar disease uh, befell Eastern France. Ten- oh, no, it's the French people. The French! <laughs> befell Eastern French ten years earlier in his De Medica Historia Mirabili Libri Sex in 1586. Uh, he recorded that, uh, that burning of an invisible fire in their entrails and some cut off a hand or a foot when the burning began, that it should go no further. Oh. Yeah. Wait, when it the says, burning inside, like, in their insides, they would cut off their hand or their foot to make or it Or, like, stop. I guess sometimes it would start on their hand or their foot and they just cut it off. Ooh. Yeah. And it says, Theodoric the Great, uh, 454 to 526, was a powerful Ostrogoth king who became ruler of Italy. Peace and prosperity marked his reign, but an unnerving peculiarity marked his kingly body. When rubbed, it would emit flames. 
Did Theodoric live on the verge of more serious self-combustion more than 1,400 years ago? That just sounds like he was lying. <laughs> Early <laughs> sounds like he's fifth, making shit up. Yeah. Early in the 5th century AD, a bizarre experience that reads like uh, spontaneous human combustion survival befell Dr. Alexandrius Megatius, as Brewster reported in his Natural Magic. Ezekiel de Castro mentions the singular case of Alexandrinius Megatius, a physician from one whose vertebrae there issued a fire which scorched the eyes of the beholders. One can only guess how the doctor diagnosed his own ailment. And then finally, uh, the 4th century Christian historian Asubius, in his historic ecclesiastica, lots of historic ecclesiastica, stated that Maximus died in an odd manner. Flesh was taken with a secret fire from heaven, so that it was burnt and little by little turned to ashes. There was no more any shape of a man to be seen in him, nothing less but a carcass of bones, all dry. Ew. Yeah. And that's, like, the same thing. Like, the same thing that we were talking about is, like, like, they're, they're, they just turn into ash. It's, like, not even, there's no, like, there's no body left. It's just ash. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'll show one of these, uh, foot pictures. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> content warning. So, it's Content warning kind if you of don't want to see, like, just a pair of legs, step out, look away, talk to your animals. I'll tell you when it's over. Um, if you're on the podcast, you can imagine however you want this to look. Imagine a <laughs> pair of legs and that's it. Imagine, imagine a pair of legs. Okay, I have three pictures. Okay, this is the first one. That one's a leg. Oh, it's in color. That one's in color, yeah. This is the second one. That one's my favorite. This one is a different one from in the book. It's just, it looks like just a pair of legs. Uh. And then this is the last one, which is, this was the one that was in the book, I believe, that was just like legs and like shoes. Uh, so yeah. And it's like the legs, legs look fine. The legs They're just look It's burnt. weird. It's weird. And then there was another one that I couldn't find a picture of. All right. I think that's, we get a good look. That was just a foot, like just like one foot. That was that one old lady who was just the foot, just the just a single foot. Yeah, that was it. And it's like one foot was left, and they were like, "Yeah, we don't know." She like burned herself through the floor. Oh, that was the guy. That was the first big one, Doctor oh, Bentley. The guy. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I do have that picture. Hold on, because that one's that one's bizarre. Yeah, I, I actually highlighted. Um, the account from the policeman, I think, that went into his apartment afterwards, if you want me to read it, because that was oh, weird. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, here's, here it is. It's just, it's like a, it's like a walker, and we can leave this one up longer, because it's, you literally can't even see anything. It's, it's also, like, from a newspaper. Yeah, this was, so, Dr. Bentley was an elderly physician in 1966 who was retired and lived alone. And I'm pretty sure they mentioned he was heavy drinker, heavy smoker. Yeah. But at the time of whenever they discovered his body, there was actually no explanation that would make sense for it because they described the man who went and found him. I think he was Don Gosnell, policeman or fireman. They don't say it immediately right here. But he... He went into the physician's house and it was just, he went down into the basement. Yeah. He said, so he goes in the house and goes down in the basement after he gets a call that something happened. Yeah. So he grasps the doorknob to the door to the dungeon, like basement. 
Gosnell noticed something odd. A light blue smoke with an no. unusual smell filled the corridor. It was a strange, sickening sweet odor that I wasn't familiar with, like that of a new heating system, an oil film burning, somewhat sweet. Now more perplexed, he cautiously descended the narrow plank staircase, doubling up his 5 foot 11 inch body to clear the beam above the last riser. In the haze-dimmed glow of his flashlight, he recorded the amount of gas used, turned to leave. He glimpsed a pile of ashes in the far corner of the rock-walled subterranean chamber. So yeah, he was going to read the gas meter, I think, to see what had happened or see if yeah, it, that was Yeah, and there was cause. no gas. Yeah, there was nothing. Okay, I'm taking off this picture, so if anyone who didn't want to see uh, gross severed feet... Uh, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. You can come back. Um, Gosnell, Stop talking to your animals. <laughs> Gosnell strode over to examine the unexpected cone of ash, 14 inches in diameter. Being a volunteer fireman, he instinctively scattered the five-inch high mound with his boot and found nothing aflame. I looked up overhead and saw this hole, he said. There was no fire whatsoever, embers only around the hole. The cherry red glow of smoldering floorboards revealed that three nine-inch thick thick oak beams had been burned from above one almost completely through nine inches thick gosnell pushed his fingers into one of the beams charred wood it was cold to the touch they had a fire he concluded to himself thinking it must have been a minor one since no fire alarm sounded during the night well they got doc out of here he silently decided but why didn't they put out the embers he turned away to leave the basement Upstairs now, Gosnell pondered anew the origin of the honey sweet smell he had never encountered Ugh, and why embers uh, yeah, why embers from a small blaze had been left to smolder. He decided uh, to look in Dr. Bentley's apartment and make sure everything was all right. To this day, he wishes he hadn't. So he went in the basement first, which is no. like sounds like it was separate, and then he went into yeah. the apartment. But there was a hole in the ceiling of the basement through nine inch thick wood. That's so wild. So he goes into the apartment. And a wisp, again, of light blue smoke with the same weirdly sweet scent issued from the apartment as he opened the semi-invalid's door. Not seeing the physician, Gosnell entered and peered around the doorway leading into the bathroom. A hole about two and a half feet wide and no longer than four feet had burned through the bathroom floor, exposing pipes leading to the lavatory and running across the ceiling of the basement. Um, but there was more. Beside the charred cavity was, to quote Gosnell, a browned leg from the knee down. I thought it was a mannequin. I had to bend over and look really close to tell the difference. I realized it was a human leg. Whoa. So he found the guy's leg, and then they go on to say that because it there was a lot of back and forth and investigation and controversy about it. Um, and then he, they end up kind of talking further with the coroner uh, after it was all said and done in The Undertaker. And it says, in 30 years, remarked the undertaker, I've seen a lot of car fires, house fires, and so on. Nothing was quite like this. The body was consumed by such an intense heat that it couldn't have been done intentionally, even if gasoline or anything like that had been used. The fact that the body burned the linoleum in the form of the body and dropped down through the floor into the cellar and didn't catch the linoleum on fire is hard to understand. It was like a ball of fire burned right through the floor. So, yeah. And the only other piece of his body, I think they found, they said a piece of his skull was caught in the pipes. Because if, if you recall, they said it burned through the floor, through the pipes, yeah. down to the basement. So a piece of his skull got caught there. And that was it. That in the leg. Yeah. it's. I mean, and they, they, like, these are genuinely mysterious. I don't know how, like, the people who saw these who are, you know, act, who are professionals are like, we don't know how this happened. So they kind of have to, like 
explain it away and be like, we don't know. Well, I mean, it fire, I guess, because they didn't have an explanation. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and the interesting thing is, like, he said that this could not... Because I think about all those, I watched all those true crime documentaries and stuff where they talk about burning a body and how difficult it is. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why we have cremation. That's why, like, people are, people's bodies have to be raised to, like, a temperature of, like, a thousand degrees because it's really hard. There's a lot of material there and a lot of water. Like, it's hard to burn something with that much water, which is also really strange. We're, I mean, we're 70% water. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense when they talk about the quantum physics stuff that just, like, the hydrogen atoms in your body just gave up, I guess, and just turned into explosions. (laughs) Yeah, and even, even with that high temperature, too, it takes an amount of time to cremate a body. It takes a little while. Mm -hmm. So, like, this is just weird that, like, this could happen in a home, not burn down the high. It was contained. Also, like, not only did it, like, completely burn up his body, except for his leg, it was contained and didn't catch the whole house on fire. My conclusion is that it's some kind of, like, atomic thing that we don't understand. It could be aliens. Some of them could be aliens. I don't know. I don't know why people's feet are left. That still makes zero sense to me that they just fall over and there's a leg Hmm. Well, like, how does it burn the chair that they're in and burn, like, the ground, but not their legs? Like, it's like the fire started in the middle of them and then just decided to end at their legs? Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like in a lot... I did not read every single freaking example in this book because it's not... It's so many examples of spontaneous human combustion. But in a lot of cases, people were alone or, like, in the bathroom or things like that that I saw. So, like... I still feel like this is maybe aliens. And what if, like, their implant was in their leg, you know? And that's what... Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just reaching here, but, you know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Did you check anybody for implants? Coroner? Coroner. (laughs) I mean, they don't know anything if this happened, like, at this point. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just saying. That seems suspicious that this guy... He he was a he was very isolated and alone, and perhaps aliens just lit his body on fire, tried to abduct him. I don't know, but I think what gets to me is like in a lot of these cases, and especially in that case, the fire was intense enough to burn through the floor, and also it didn't. It was contained. Like, how do you keep something that contained? Like, if you're on fire. Yeah. You're going to flop, I don't know, you're going to f- freak out and flop around and catch something else on fire. Like, the fire should catch other things on fire, but this just, like, melted through the floor. That's what I think is, like, maybe there is some reaction in the gut of people mm-hmm. that just happens where it causes, like, a chain reaction of hydrogen atoms or whatever to give up and explode, and it just burns up your body. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can assume. And then, and also, but maybe it's caused by an alien implant at the end. <laughs> I, I will say there was a whole section. This was the section that has some, some interesting theories. First theory, alcoholics are more yeah. likely to catch on fire. I'm trying I mean, to think. I mean, that makes sense. I think it might have been, I think this whole section, the Countess, Countess Bondi, she basically, she was 62 she lived comfortably and in good health in Italy on Mar- on a March evening while dining. And this was 1731. 
She experienced a dull and heavy drowsiness and retired to her bedchamber. After three hours of conversation and prayer, she fell asleep. The next morning, the maidservant entered her bedchamber and wished she had not. According to her, four feet from the countess's bed lay a heap of ashes, two legs untouched from the foot to the knee, with their stockings on. Between them was her head, whose brains, half of the back part of the skull and the whole chin, were burned to ashes. Among which were found three fingers. All the rest was ashes. And it was like smelly. Apparently there was like a stench. Um, Yeah, a lot of the stories, the smell was, didn't smell like fire, which is really upsetting. Yeah. Like, I hate that. Oh, and this one was interesting. I was trying to see why I highlighted this one. I thought I highlighted this one for the alcohol, but maybe this one was highlighted because the maidservant wrote that of the room above the countess's bedchamber, quote, the lower part of the windows trickled down a greasy, loathsome, yellowish liquor, and thereabout smelled smelt a stink without knowing of what. So it's just like a smelly yellow liquid. Ugh! Which is disgusting. That sounds like maybe like melted fat or something. Yeah, that's what that sounds like. That's nasty. But that's nasty. The, there are several theories, the the interesting conclusions that old Larry tries to come to. There was one theory <laughs> of alcoholics, because there, I think it was, wasn't it a lot, it was very common in the medieval accounts of it to say that it was tied to excessive alcohol consumption and that would create a fire in the belly and they would yeah. like throw up fire or, or catch on fire. Yeah. yeah, or they called it a disease, so... So that was an interesting one. Then there was a theory that women were more prone to it. And I was like, okay, Lair. <laughs> I like to be real shamey. Yeah, thanks, Larry. But yeah, because he says, of the 23 examples of seemingly inexplicable human incineration, the history recorded by the year 1800, at least 19 involved alcohol. So that was the alcoholic one. And then... As the age of reason and rationalism took firm root, the idea blossomed that alcohol and humans could be a thoroughly inflammable combination, especially hazardous to women. So they decided maybe this was a way to scare women into not not drinking, I guess? It was very strange. Um, But yeah, basically they try to blame it on that, like alcohol and being a woman. And then there there was a time... Yeah. And the... Okay, and then he, the other, the other commonality at this point was that. Was this that they were friends? Yes. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Of the the 28 cases of nearly total human incineration chronologically recounted to that point, to whatever point that is, this point today, I don't know, 16 involved the French and 22 of them involved prolonged use of alcohol. So basically, also, if you're French and you drink a lot of alcohol, you're more common, it's more likely that you will combust. So, yeah, so if you're French and you drink a lot, you're just going to explode. Yeah. And if, if Mercury, okay, so if you, Mercury's in retrograde. And you're a French woman. And you're a French woman. You're screwed. You're going to combust. Yeah. He does in this section reference, I think it was... So he does mention in this section consistency of French alcohol incineration inspired a man 
Lair, I'm trying to find, oh, Frenchman Pierre Aim Lair, who was a scholar in 1808, uh, collected 20 examples of the phenomenon. These form the basis for his treatise titled French Words That I Can't Pronounce, <laughs> later published as On the Combustion of the Human Body, produced by the long and immoderate use of spiritous liquors in the Journal de, de Physique. In 1808, it is a landmark in the study of spontaneous human combustion. So it was so common in France that this French scholar actually did write something about it. Um, and it was monumental for the study. So Lair identified eight characteristics which he ascribed to SHC. One, the persons who experienced the effects of this combustion had for a long time made an immoderate use of spiritus liquors. Two, the combustion took huh. place only in women... Only in women. <laughs> Three. These women were far advanced in life. So old women. Yeah. Just wanted to explode and die. Just, right? I mean, me. That sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> Four. Their bodies did not take fire spontaneously, but were burnt by accident. Five. The extremities, such as the feet and hands, were generally spared by the fire. Six. Sometimes water, instead of extinguishing the flames that proceeded from the parts on fire, gave them more activity. Seven, the fire did very little damage and often spared the combustible objects that were in contact with the human body at the moment when it was burning. And eight, the combustion of these bodies left a residue of fat and fetid ashes and an unctuous, stinking, and very penetrating soot. Ugh. So these general observations became the criteria on which nearly all future writers about spontaneous human combustion have based their arguments while Lair excluded from his list of factors associated with SHC was the visitation by God. So he left that one out. That was another one that Lair yeah. wanted to list because he believed the cause lay inside the victims themselves, not in an outside deity. He named alcohol. So yeah, Lair just thinks it's alcohol, actually. He just... Yeah. And then... <laughs> Maybe they were just narcissists and people were setting old ladies on fire and the man was trying to make a disease out of it. No, it's, it's all alcohol. Seriously, he goes on to say... The reasons he gave for his contention are sure to offend women's liberation advocates. Okay, Lair. <laughs> Lair! He's awful. I hate Larry. All right. The female body is, in general, more delicate than that of the other sex. The system of their solids is more relaxed. Their fibers... Oh, is it? Yeah. They're, right. they're, this is Lair. This is um. This is our the, the scholar Lair. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, the system of their solids is more relaxed. Their fibers are more fragile and of a weaker structure, and therefore their texture more easily hurt. Their mode of life also contributes to increase the weakness of their organization. Mode of life? It was the... So he... So basically, um, Larry summar summarizes... It was the sedentary, melancholy, homemaking lifestyle of 18th century women that he advocated made them more subject than men you know to becoming corpulent. Wait, hold on. 18th century, those women were working their asses off. No, they were sedentary. They no, were sedentary like, they alcoholics. Were the doing, they were the ones doing all the work, except <laughs> women in the 1700s. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. Like, unless they were, like, at Versailles, I don't think that they had a sedentary life. Like, they were out there, like, like milling their own wheat. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I will say, I will say, don't... Larry! Yeah, let's not mix up Larry and Lair. Larry is just describing to you what Lair is saying. The the oh, scholar. Sorry, Lair. Pierre Aim Lair. Yes. Yes. Lair's wrong. Not Larry. Larry's, Larry's 
questionably researching it. Larry summarizes, hence women, especially if poor and elderly, who preferred sitting with a glass of brandy instead of working, (laughs) are apt to overcharge their bodies with hydrogen. And thus, he contended, during the moment of intoxication, should experience the effects of combustion. So... Yeah. Just sitting there with my drink. Yeah. Ex- like ex- getting hydrogen. I'm just going to combust. Building up that hydrogen, but living, <laughs> fucking living large, it sounds like. That's how I want to yeah. go. Yeah. So yes, the, those were, those are other theories. Being a woman, being French, <laughs> being an old French woman. Uh, yeah. Being an alcoholic. Being an alcoholic woman. Yeah. You're spontaneously combust. So. Yep. That's it. Yeah, why haven't more of us combusted? I don't know. I sincerely should have combusted last year at some point, if that's the case. (laughs) We all should have combusted. Amazing. Well, that's a, that's been a, that's been this, this month's book club. If there's anything else you'd like to share, Kayla. My gosh, I think, I think my, if I were to say my conclusion, I genuinely believe this has to do with aliens. I think that a lot of the accounts of the aftermath to whatever body parts are left or if they were alive afterwards, it seems like radiation. It seems like yeah. some sort of some sort of radiation burn, something related to radiation, whether that be overt or not. Like I just feel like it's aliens. Yeah, trying. it could be. So that's that that's what I think. That's my conclusion. I would like to hear yeah. your conclusion. Formally. Yeah, I, I still, I mean, I still think mine is that it's some kind of, like, chemical, like, re- quantum chemical reaction or something. Like, I think it's just something maybe we don't understand. Maybe it could be related to the mind. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it could be related to, like, some sort of, like, mind over matter in your body kind of thing. Or maybe, I just think it's too advanced or it's too, like, there's a part of some sort of science that we don't understand that we can't figure it out. So I like that too. And, it, it, and again, it has been officially reported as a cause of death. So it does happen and it is real. It's just we don't know what causes it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and I, I think like at that point, it is a real thing. I don't think it's, I think someone early in the chat said that spontaneous human combustion has been debunked. But I think if it's listed as a formal cause of death for someone legally, I don't yeah. think it's been debunked. I don't, I think there's too many instances of it happening and too many. Too many, like, witnesses of finding bodies that have been burned like that, but the house isn't burned. And weird instances that it's it could have been self-inflicted. Like, pyrokinesis or It could have been, like, yeah, like, something, like, maybe... Or, like, even, like, it could have been some sort of suicide where, like, they did something that caused them to combust. I don't know. I think there's too many... I think it's one of those things, just like UFOs, that, like, in, that people saw happen looked at it and said, we don't know what this is, and just walked away. Yep. Instead of going, what, we should study this. Like, how come people didn't take that ash and study it for, like, for explosives? How come people didn't save samples and do, like, like research on it? It's because it's, you know, people will come in and go, well, I don't know, and then they <laughs> walk away, and that's, the, well, they're dead. So, yeah. So I think, like, I hope... I hope that it comes into play, like that people might actually start studying these things we don't understand because they it could be something to do with quantum physics. Who knows? Yeah. What if this is how you time travel? What if like yeah. this was the reaction of someone spontaneously trying to time travel and then they end up combusting? That's a sick story. Someone should write that. Yeah. 
That would be cool. Um, but why are they all elderly drunk French women who are trying to time travel? <laughs> yeah, that I will say, like, I think that that theory is immediately debunked when, like, literally several of the people who have combusted have been men and, like, you know, like, yeah, not elderly. But yeah, like, wh- yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if someone was trying to pull this person through time and they just ended up catching on fire because, like, your body, like, their body was not, like, able to handle the quantum physics science techno babble. Yeah. But yeah, if you looked at the book in chat or if you got through some of it, tell us what you think. Tell us what your theories were. If you think it's aliens, quantum physics, or something else, like, uh, uh drinking. <laughs> Heavy or drinking. being an old French woman. Or uh, having a uterus. Yeah. Or being frail, <laughs> the lesser being sex. Frail, bring up frail. <laughs> yeah, apparently if you're French, watch out. Watch out. Watch out. You never know what could happen. <sighs> Where we're going, we don't need legs. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone in the future just doesn't have legs. They were left in the past. Oh, I like Domino's oh, yeah, or- theory. Not having a science degree. Yeah, not having a science degree. Combust. You're gonna combust. Yep. Yep. But yeah, that's 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 our that's our book. Thank you, uh Larry Arnold. Larry for E. Writing Arnold. A Blaze in when it when was it written? Nineteen ninety five. Oh my god, I was gonna say nineteen seventy. Ninety three. Nineteen ninety three, no. Nineteen ninety three. I well Larry has big seventies energy. He really do. So but yeah. So do we have any stories this week? Or are we going to do stories next week? Because this was already a pretty story book heavy this, episode. This was a was. story heavy one. We do have some stories, but we could always wait since we read a lot for this one. I need to find... I was going to announce our next book. Oh, yes. I ha- I can go grab mine if if we need it. Yeah. So this is our this is our next book for the book club, which we'll probably do... Probably like... Like four weeks? Is that how much we give our or like how long do we usually give us? For yeah, a book I think club? I think we were talking about doing one a month, which I think would be yeah. good. Yeah. Plenty yeah. of time. But here's the here's our next book that we'll in like like four weeks we'll go over. It is in relation to the Bigfoot convention. The Sasquatch people and their interdimensional connections. Whoa. <laughs> which apparently is a very big theory. Look at this guy. Like that, Get this, ready. I am ready for this because I never heard it before, but I heard it mentioned a lot at the convention where people were talking about like, these things can exist on another dimension and then cross over into our own. And I was yeah. like, what? This one, this one, I'm going to say this is a, uh, this one's a lot. <laughs> I've, I've skimmed through it a bit. It's, it's, it's a very like first person account Ooh. of of meeting with Sasquatch and maybe hallucinating through, like, some kind of, like, mental connection with Sasquatch. Sasquatch writes notes. Uh, We have notes from Sasquatch. What? Uh, Yeah, there's notes from Sasquatch. Um, Lots of really uh, quality illustrations of Sasquatch. Hold on. The cover is a lot. He looks very handsome. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he's very very muscular. Like, kind of yeti. Like, less... Well, no, I don't know. Like, this one. <laughs> Is that Bald Eagle? It's a Bald Eagle! <laughs> a Bald yep. Eagle would never. 
Yep. So, uh, again, if you want to join us in the book club and and uh, read it, we will have the link to Abe Books where it's it's very cheap to get. Because, mm-hmm. again, I we haven't read these and we don't know how accurate the information is going to be or if there's any information in this book other than Sasquatch is sexy and has abs. And has abs <laughs> so. and also is uh, a raptor specialist, apparently. Yeah. So it's going to be... It's gonna gonna be a romp. It's gonna be a romp. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Are you ready for a, a story? It's time for fact or fiction. We will be reading chilling tales submitted from the community and guessing: Are these fact, fiction, or somewhere in between? Use your best spooky scout skills to determine the truth. Do you have a scary story to tell? You can submit them to us at SpookySaturdayStories at gmail.com to have them read on the show. Just make sure to include if they are fact or fiction and your name. Yes, this one comes from Moxie, by the way. I have a ghost story for you. It happened to me as a teenager and is still happening today. I'm going to start by saying I don't believe in ghosts, but my family does find this story very entertaining. When I was a kid, my grandma lived with us, but died when I was five. She had a room at the back of the house that my mom tried to turn into a study when she passed. After a year, after years of my mom using it as an office, we still referred to it as our grandma's room. When I was in high school, my mom quit her office job and let my sister and I move into the room because it was bigger than our small bedroom. About a week after moving my mom's stuff out and our stuff in, I noticed a weird box sitting on our desk shelf. It was a cube made from what looked like stiff styrofoam. It sat there for weeks and every day I was tempted to poke through it with a pencil to see what was inside, but I never did. I'm a very impulsive person, but whenever I thought to give the box a stab, something stopped me. I would 100% stab that box too. That sounds fun. (laughs) One night, while the box was in the room, I woke up to the feeling of someone watching me. In the dark, it looked like the silhouette of a person standing in a corner of the room. I kept coats in that corner, so I shrugged it off and went back to sleep. However, when I brought it up in the morning, my sister said she also woke up thinking someone was watching her and saw a shape in the same corner. Weird, but we made a joke about our house being haunted and moved on. Months go by and one day the box just disappeared. I asked my parents about it and my mom casually mentioned she moved it back to the filing cabinet where it belonged. I told her how creepy that sounded and asked her what was in the box. She then says, it's your grandma's ashes. I thought you knew that. No, we had been sharing our room with our grandma's ashes. When I moved out, I brought up the story of my parents. My mom said it was probably time to give our grandma a proper burial. We took out the box and buried it under the uh, frangy panty tree out in the front of the house and had a little ceremony. When COVID hit, my parents graciously allowed me to move back in with them. Guess where my new room was? Right in front of that frangy panty tree. There are nights where I can hear scratching at the fly screen and deep breathing just outside the window. My dad jokes that it's my grandma, but if that's true, then I don't have anything to worry about because my grandma was wonderful and loved me. I do think she's still around looking after our family. Intense. What do you think? What do you think? Scratching? Yeah, grandma, stop. Grandma, please. I, I always believe in ghost stories. I just, I just by default. Grandma, stop itching. I mean, stop scratching though. That's like not okay. Grandma, like, chill why out. You, grandma, why are you heavy breathing outside the window? Grandma, maybe just, don't. Yeah, grandma, like maybe just like play some soft like chill hop outside the window instead of scratching at it. That's what I'll do. 
<laughs> oh my god. I was, this is morbid, but I was talking to a friend whose grandma had just passed. And um, it was very sweet. She said she had like a Zoom call with her. And like, uh, she had Alzheimer's, so she wasn't like really like lucid. But she played her some of her favorite like old songs, which were old like, like kind of like bossa nova type songs. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, man, just think about when our generation or like the generation after ours are dying. Like people, what are people going to play their favorite TikToks? Oh, yeah, I definitely would. Like my favorite is the one, my favorite is the one where it's like, if there are any spirits here tonight, tell me, does this sound like Shakira? (laughs) That's my favorite. I lose my shit every time. Yeah. So that was a horrible thought that I had. But anyway, I think this is fact. (laughs) Okay, well, this one is true. It happened. You got it. And it's fact. Moxie clarifies. Also, like, please, please tell your, like, people in your house when people's, like, ashes are in their room. Yeah, that's kind of like. Like, don't, don't keep that a secret. Kind of gross. Maybe don't. (laughs) Just don't. Just don't do that. Moxie says, this is true, and we really do like to spook visitors by telling it. I will admit that the scratching and breathing is an exaggeration, though. That's not the ghost of my grandma. That's just the possums that live in the trees outside. <laughs> okay, good. Good, good. That's a good one. Yeah. Possums Possums are okay. They can scratch and breathe all they want. They're very sweet. I love possums. <laughs> I love possums, too. It was a little bit of faction, but mostly fact. I would call that facts. Uh, because, yeah. like, I mean could not be possums you don't know it could yeah you don't know you don't know (laughs) so yeah so play us our favorite tiktok as we pass away (laughs) (laughs) oh boy yeah there are a lot of options for cremation it's just uh death is just so expensive it really is it's it's a very expensive industry which is just such a thing that could be a whole other episode is the the politics of the death industry how to afford dying you won't yeah yeah, you won't no but yeah do you want to do one more or should we wait yeah i have one more for you if you're ready i can read one let's do one more let's do one more okay ready story time i tend to work or oh this is from anonymous i tend to work early usually having to try to drive before the sun's even up my workplace is actually in another city, while I live in a township separated from it by a few acres of farmland. Around this time of year, it's pretty common for these farmlands to have fog roll in, especially around the time I have to go to work. On this particular morning, everything looked clear, right up until the farmland. At that point, I ended up driving into a near solid looking fog bank. I mean like Silent Hill level fog. The only reason I could find my way around were the lights from the city that barely shone through. As I drove on, hoping anyone else on this road could see better than me, I saw a large humanoid silhouette walk into the road. I swerved as fast as I could and pulled over, but it was gone. I was about to just write it off as me being tired until I saw the red glow of a light coming from a field. There was nothing that produced light in that field, let alone any that were bright enough to penetrate the fog. I looked over to see whatever it was, only to see five pill-shaped objects in the skies above. No! Below them, I saw more of those shadowy humanoids standing out in the field. They didn't seem to have necks, and their limbs were long and gangly. The only features I could make out were their white eyes as they appeared to stare me down. No! Suddenly, the fog became too thick to see anything at all, and before I could try putting on my high beams again, it had passed. I looked behind myself, checking to see what if what I saw was real. For a moment, there was a wall of gray. 
Then, as I wished I'd taken a picture just to be sure, I saw the tall humanoid lumber out from the fog. Suffice to say, I floored it. No! Listen. Whenever anyone, like, talk- Listen, okay? Listen. Whenever anyone talks about, like, Tic Tacs or something, I know you're trying to get me. <laughs> Listen, I see through your shit now. I know you're trying to get me. Like, light switches in the chat. I know you're trying to get me. And if it's real, I'll be really upset. I think it's fiction because you're trying to get me because you know what I'm scared of. <laughs> you're trying to get me. Well, you're right. This one's fiction. Light switch. <laughs> fiction. You're trying to get me. It's too hard to trick Holly now. You have to try harder. You have to try harder. <laughs> <laughs> but I do find joy in it. And it was very funny. So thank you. Thank you, Anonymous. Did they say who they were? It was just Anonymous. Just Anonymous. No name listed. All right. Well, I, I listen. I appreciate it. Yes, it always works. <laughs> I hate it every time, but I know it's fiction. Yeah, you did. You <laughs> did. It's, you did get uncomfortable. I, I did. You know, I did. It did. It, 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 yeah. Ugh. So mean. It was very close to me. It is close to many actual encounters, which is why it's scary. Yeah, it's true. Light switch. Light switch. Light switch. Well, Kayla put. Uh, our next book club book into the into the chat yep. on the Discord, and if you haven't joined the Discord, come join it. Uh, we drop in and just say silly things and all of that once in a while. Um, also, I got new spooky Scout postcards to send. They look so good. So, um, so these are illustrations from that those UFO club things that I got, and they have a spooky Scout seal of approval on them and this postcard on the back so whenever uh you get a spooky scout patch or a uh a zine or whatever anything related you'll get a new postcard they're all different too they all have different ships on them but this one is the the scout craft with a little like shiny thing on it <sighs> so so i got a bunch of those and those will also be coming with the pins once they come in the pins have not come in yet but they will soon i'm very excited soon yeah Thank you for joining us for uh, this episode of Spooky Scouts. The Discord, I love the Discord. It's actually wonderful. Everyone posts really interesting things. And there's also just a bunch of wholesome chat about just animals and like cooking. So, <laughs> so all of that's, all of that's wonderful. So stay safe, Spooky Scouts. Um, and uh, I'm glad that none of you caught on fire yesterday. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, don't catch on fire in the future if you're French or drunk. Yeah. Or, or a woman. woman. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for staying. We appreciate you. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another meeting of the Spooky Scouts. I'm Scoutmaster Kayla Klein, and you can find me on social media as at K-A-Y-N-C-L-I. And I'm Scoutmaster Holly Conrad, and you can find me on social media as at Holly Conrad or at Commander Holly, and you can find us both at WeGrowingHens.com. We hope you enjoyed learning and speculating with us tonight. If you want to find out more about the Spooky Scouts, you can find links to our social media, Discord, and more at SpookyScouts.com. You can offer the podcast some sustainable support and help us stay unbiased and ad-free by subscribing to Patreon.com slash SpookyScouts for as little as $5 a month. Spooky Scouts is recorded live weekly on twitch.tv slash hens. See you next time, Scouts. And remember, keep your eye on the sky and dare to know.